I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here we go again. Welcome to Five Times Podcast. We're in Gosto and Heswell. Uh, as you can hear, this is not Jason McAteer. It's Jan Mulby hosting this week. I know Jason last week went, I'm back, I'm back. But he's not. He's off on his honeymoon again. So uh, good luck to the lad. Anyway, our guests today are David Fairclough and John Barnes. Just a few things before we carry on. Thanks to all of you who turned up at Chester Football Club on Sunday to support Once Upon a Once Upon a Smile charity. We raised a lot of money. A few ex-Liverpool players played. John Aldridge was there. Alan Kennedy, Phil Neal, John Dernan. Of course, John Barnes played first half in, in a player black on, boots. On the and, field. and then the I'll have to say I won't say I played. I'll say I was on the field. And I think that the, the performance in the first half of the black boots didn't do me any favours. So I tried the yellow boots and I got worse. And I got worse. <laughs> at least he's honest. Uh, Anyway, it was the little uh, battling Joshua, who was our mascot, Pete McDowell. He was there, of course. Uh, he ran half a marathon. I'm not sure what he's finished yet or not, but he's, he's definitely ran half a marathon. He was there to uh, to make a presentation of his cheque as well for £5,500. Uh, and that amount is still raise, uh, rising. Sorry. Uh, also, thanks to Robbie Fowler, who uh, donated a pair of boots. That was auctioned, raised £700. So all in all, uh, it was a great weekend. Uh, and, of course final preparations for South Africa uh, we have uh, we more or less have the squad in place and of course John you were in South Africa for the for the, for the press conference I- impressive do you think it's going to be a good tour well um, the interest is immense I mean there was about 50 people at the press conference there were Kaiser Chief TVs the Kaiser Chief owners themselves their daughters getting involved their players are really looking forward to it they're talking about um, a selection process out of probably 40 to 50 Kaiser Chief players and they're looking to play the pick the fittest not like us um, we're looking to, to, to take the ones who represent Liverpool in many different aspects but they're looking for the best players so it's going to be a challenge fortunately we'll have obviously you know some of the younger players there like Robbie and Mac who can still run around but the old heads as it was last night with, with, with Steven Gerrard showing exactly what old heads can do hopefully myself and Jan in midfield against Kaiser Chiefs can just direct the youngsters and also uh, on our website five times co there is uh, some columns from some of the ex-players so get on there and if you want to make a comment uh, feel free anyway last night's football England through to the World Cup David surprised? not surprised delighted obviously I think it's um, as much as it means uh, good things for the football team I think it's great for the country I think uh, it gives us something to look forward to and being part of the World Cup next summer I think is, was always crucial I think Liverpool uh, England rather had their backs to the wall so they had to pull out two decent performances um, Last night was very nervy. I, I felt um, I've not felt that nervous about England performances for quite a while. But uh, but last night I was I was delighted to see them get through. And obviously, if uh, if a man ever wants to write a script, then Stephen Gerrard wrote the the perfect one, and um, it couldn't have gone any better for Stevie. Any views, John? I mean, obviously going to the World Cup now, expectations will rise as they always do. Yeah. We're going to win it, aren't we? Well, <laughs> that would be that would be what's listen, going to happen now for the next seven months. Yeah. I saw the uh, a report on, on, on Sky today saying that this is going to be different because they're going to be from the press. This is going to be no expectations. We're not going to go saying we're going to win it. If we go and we get through the groups and we do okay, that's the expectations. That's okay saying that the day after we've qualified. 
but you know the weeks before matches before we know the expectations that are going to arise um, and, and also from the fans because I'm listening to TalkSport fans and people are saying we have to believe we can win it well there's um, how many teams going to the World Cup Costa Rica Burkina Faso may go to the World Cup do they really believe they can win it now we have a realistic chance of, of getting through the group phase and, and doing well depending on the group we're in but can we say if we go through the group phase and we get Spain in the, in the last 16 or the quarterfinals that we expect to beat them no the last two games were, were impressive because of the way that we actually played but we played that way because of the teams we're playing against if we play the way we played with that formation with that system with those players against Spain Italy, Argentina, Germany we will lose because you saw on the other occasion how Poland counter-attacked from, from, and they're on the greatest side from our corners and, and we're straight into our back four and it's not the greatest back four so Roy Hodgson's not stupid while everyone will now put him under pressure to still play the two wide men and play the two strikers and get at them that is not how we're going to and until we actually create an identity of how we play a template forget about the players as Spain and Germany and those teams do. We still are relying on individual players to do well. Relying on Townsend to do something, we'll get down the line, put a cross in. Rooney does something special, Gerard scores a goal. You have to look at the system, and we really haven't got a system, and that's what we have to identify. Excellent. Uh, I think that's enough of the international uh, scene, although I just want to ask you one, one, one question, Ethan. I know it's a long way away, but if you had £10 now, David, who would win the World Cup 2014? Brazil, I think uh, the pressure on them is going to be enormous. Whether or not they can withstand it um, is is going to you know be interesting. But um, clearly, I mean, they're going to get some huge support, and uh, and that's going to mean an awful lot in the end of the day. I think. John, I would go for Brazil or Argentina. I'll go for a South American team because Spain probably on the force they used to be. Germany, you know, with the back four that they have. So I'll go for a South American team and Brazil or Argentina. Excellent. Good job I'm hosting this week. I don't have to uh, commit. <laughs> anyway. Well, well, who would you go for? Well, I, I don't know. I just have a feeling that the Dutch has always will be strong, uh, a very strong qualifying record. They've got goal scorers. But again, there's question marks over, over some areas of their team. But if I have to go anywhere, I'd go with the Dutch. Anyway, this weekend we're back. We're back with the Premier League. And uh, it's a great game, isn't it? It's one of those. It's almost an like, iconic fixture, isn't it? Newcastle versus Liverpool. That's a great traditional uh, game, obviously. Um, Newcastle going through some mixed times as well at the moment, although they have picked up slightly. Um, Liverpool will have memories of, of their win there last season, which I think is uh, which is important. And, and given the fact that um, we are you know currently in a, in a good position, you, you would hope that um, it'll be one that Liverpool can get some points from. Do you believe, John, in, in, in you know when you get that feeling that there's a team that you're going to beat and you're going to beat them comfortable, like we have done with Newcastle over the last few years? Do you think, as a player, you believe in that? Yes, I think so, and it, and it, it isn't necessarily. See, that Southampton probably believe that about Liverpool, although you know Liverpool are a superior side. So it's nothing to do with whether you're a better team or not. But as you say, you do get a feeling that certain teams suit the way you actually play. The one thing you say about Newcastle is that there's this unknown quantity because they do have individual players who can do things, um, which isn't great for consistency because sometimes, you know, Ben Arthur and the C say sometimes they don't perform, but sometimes they do, and therefore these are always dangerous games. So while yes, I expect Liverpool to win. Because Newcastle have such good individual players, depending on how they're going to perform, which we don't really know, there's that unknown quantity of they could cause problems. But I expect Liverpool to win. Defensively, I think they, they're there to be got at. And um, it's an area where they've had one or two problems with injuries. Uh, I think their back line has been unsettled, uh, chopped and changed around a little bit. Um, I think if you get a goal against Newcastle early doors, then the, the, the pressure for me builds up there. And, um, you know... 
they have mixed emotions I, I think about uh, what's going on at Newcastle so it's, I think it's, it's crucial you get off to a good start if you give them a little bit of an incentive as John says they do have players with great talent so if, if those individuals sort of get them sparked up a little bit mm. then it becomes a much more difficult game mm. Just talking about our starting eleven. I mean we, 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 we've got a lot of choices at the moment we've got people coming back from injury but do we feel Certainly short term we'll probably continue to play three five two, but do we believe that that long term that is a way that, that Brendan might want to stick to that system? I think if you have the individuals in, in the wide positions for me, it, that can work. I think if if you're not getting much from your fullbacks, and if you're asking maybe perhaps too much of you know Colatore maybe in, in, in some at some occasions to, to play that that, that fullback role, um, I don't think he's, that's ideal for him. Even though he's done quite well, but I think if you played like to Johnson as a as a as a wing back or you know as that that forward running fullback, I think you get an awful lot. And for me, that 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 sort of um, forms a major. Um, advantage if, if you're going to play with the three centre backs and, and what you get from the left back, be it Enrique or if it's going to be Sissoko going forward. Yeah, I think I think it will suit Enrique and Johnson, you know, because yes, you do have a responsibility to defend, and I suppose other people have played it in the past with two wingers as Euro '96, where where England did with McManaman and Anderton. But I like two attacking fullbacks because you will be called upon to defend at times. But if you've got good ball playing centre backs, um, I think it can work. I think um, long term. For me, from the attacking perspective, as much as you have Suarez and and um, and Sturridge, I think whatever suits Coutinho when he comes back in, and three three five two could become uh, a three four three if you like. You know, with Coutinho playing behind the front two or even wide of. So I think the three centre back system can work. Not Colotour if he's going to play right wing back, but he's comp- he's very comfortable at the back. But I think with Coutinho coming back in, if you have a three and if you want to call it five, but with Coutinho then playing behind Sturridge and um, Sturridge and, and Suarez, because yes, Victor Moses has done well there, but I feel that the three of them are very similar because they all want to dribble with the ball. Whereas with Coutinho's vision and his relationships in terms of playing one-twos and looking to get people in, him coming back in, I would say it's a perfect scenario, but I think that that would definitely suit him. You, you played yourself, John, in a lot of three-five-two under Roy Evans. Mm. Uh, any ideas what prompted Brendan to make the change? Because I mean, we talk about Coutinho, but Coutinho was injured mm. when, when we when we changed to three five two. Any any thoughts on on why Brendan thought this is the way forward? Well, I think we know he likes to play with width, and while he may have played a four five one or four two one four four one one at at at, at, um, at Swansea, the two wide men really hugged the touchline. And I think that if you looked at the, 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 the personnel of the teams we had, I don't think he felt that we necessarily had out and out wingers to give him that width. So what you would want is you want your fullback to give you width. Now, if you're going to play a 4-4-2 like Brazil, for example, or f- their fullbacks give them a lot of width, but then you leave two centre-backs isolated. But because of the way they play, it, it, it suits them. And I, I, and I think that he felt that our fullbacks are unable to do that in a 4. So if you have three solid centre-backs, you can still play with width. And when you play with width, it doesn't necessarily mean that you actually use the wide men. But what you have to have, you have to have people out there to attract the opposition to them, and then maybe you go through the middle. So if you imagine a, a, a left-side wing back or a right side wing back being open for the ball and the opposition opening them out and then Coutinho getting in that space behind you then look to play through the middle so you do need width and I think that because of the lack of width in Liverpool which is why he decided to go with a three I think sometimes you know manpower you know the the opportunity the, the selection opportunities that you have 
I think you can't afford to have two who are going to play or have two symmetrical sides, basically. I, don't think, I think the left is, a diff- is one problem. I think what Johnson gives you on the right-hand side is something that I think you, know, we, you don't, don't realise how much you miss him until he's not there. And um, certainly against Swansea, when you look at Wisdom and Henderson trying to do a job down the right-hand side, that's something that Johnson basically gives you as, a one, as one man. The, the left side is a different problem, so I don't think you, can, you, know, you, you play in a, a sort of a, you know, a mirrored image type of role. But I think Johnson's miss is, is massive at the moment, and I think when he comes back, then that becomes a you know a major a major plus and opens up your your options on the left hand side, be it sort of the Coutinho Moses type of options, um, you know. So I think it's quite clever. I mean, it's playing to to what you have available at the moment. I don't nothing's carved in stone. Really. You, know, you said about us playing through the three on the Roy Evans, and I thought that that was probably some of the best football we played. Um, but the 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 real drivers of any of, of that system have to be the centre backs. The problem we had. Was that when we have what? If you don't have three centre backs who are quite happy to be drawn into wide positions, you end up the full backs dropping back, and it ends up being a five rather than a three, which which completely negates the system. But because of the centre backs we do have in terms of their 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 ability on the ball, but also their mobility, you know, because two is quite happy to go and run out wide, and so is Daniel Aga, and so is Martin Skirtle. Whereas you know, if you have three big cumbersome centre backs who aren't happy to be drawn into wide positions, the whole system falls down. So, I think with the personnel we have, it actually can suit us. So you just mentioned the centre halves. If we go through the, the, the different uh, parts of, of, of the team, the three centre halves: Skirtle, Torre, Sacco. Would that be the best combination of the three? I mean, Daniel Aga will be waiting in the wings, and Elliot, the vice captain, he'll be disappointed that he's not involved. What should we read into that? Yeah, very much so. I think uh, Daniel Aga will not be happy at the moment and on missing out. And um, you know, how many teams could afford perhaps to, to leave Aga out in a normal basis? So we are spoiled for choice. Um, you know, some eyebrows perhaps were raised when um, the centre half position seemed to be the focus of, uh, of Brendan's. Were you surprised? Plans. Last day of the of, of, of the transfer window, we we spent almost twenty five million on two centre halves. Were you surprised? Yeah, I was really. Given that uh, Ilori is one for the future and not um, you know readily uh, placed to, to go into the Premier League team, you think to yourself, well, you know, there were other areas of the field where you, perhaps you could have strengthened, and, and certainly everyone will have their own opinions about the likes of missing out on people like Ericsson, and uh, you know, and, and you think concentration on a, a, a player like Ilori, for example. Um, was kind of a little bit strange to me. Sacco, I could understand. I think he he has a great reputation at uh, at PSG, and and I could perhaps see that if that there was an opportunity to get somebody like him to secure for the future, then that would be a good move. But obviously now we are we are we are blessed with the with the options we have at centre back. Do you feel the same, John, with the centre halves? I mean, the combination of the three is extremely important, isn't it? And we we, we do have different types. Colo Torre is a defensive, very good, very aggressive. Martin Skirtle is very, very good in the air. And, and, and Sacco, I think it's a little bit too early, isn't it? But we, yeah. we've seen some signs. Yes, yeah. what he can give us. And then, of course, we know that super cool Daniel Lager, what he can give us, you yeah. know. So, what, what three do we put together? Well, I mean, I, I would have Daniel Lager in, you know, for the majority of the time. But, you know, just in terms of whether I was surprised that they went for two centre backs at the end, I think that too often we've gone and signed um, attacking players, strikers who haven't really improved us. Um, they're the hard ones to get. Whereas if he says, I'm going to build a, a, a solid base, if you like, and have lots of options, um, leaving myself slightly open, if Suarez gets injured or Storage gets injured, what else do we have up front? But I think that if you look at the way he then wants to play, he'll probably feel, well, although we may not have a lot underneath to support 
our attacking impetus if we can say we're not going to concede goals then we've always got a chance of, of our first three games were one nil victories so you know as you say you could have gone the other way and got 25-30 million pounds worth of attacking players but if you didn't get the back right if, which you know I always felt that that was Liverpool's problem not necessarily the chances they've created in, in the past but you know they've conceded stupid goals um, so I think that he must feel very secure in his long term future because the signings he's made are really signings building for the future so that when we are able if we finish in the top four or, or we're getting better then we can go out and get a 40 50 million pound striker everything else is ready rather than losing them you could buy them and then because things haven't gone well like with Suarez then you lose them rather than having a base to then for them to then come and perform knowing that we are moving forward yeah for what it's worth in the centre halves I mean I would play Colo Torre and Sacco as the two man markers two aggressive ones and I'd, I'd have Daniel Agger as, as, as a spare man uh, mm. and I also think that would suit Daniel you yeah. know not as many uh Battles as to be won as Scars. yeah exactly well yeah I mean we, you know he's, he's, he's fragile isn't he in in, in in a way anyway wing backs I think we, we can all agree that Glenn Johnson will be our right wing back left wing back uh, Enrique has a challenge in Sissoko who's uh, who's obviously back to full fitness now well Sissoko was unlucky again that injury so early on in the uh, in his first game and um, and clearly we we don't have a, a, re- a true impression of, of what he's going to offer to offer us but having seen uh, you know from time to time with Leon and in in Valencia I think he has something to to offer and and clearly Enrique has not found his best form um, you know his performance uh, do you think recently. do you think Enrique's form has been a bit li- bit like Liverpool's form inconsistent yeah great spells mm. Crystal Palace and then second half everything falls apart when he, when he came on I've uh, never been sorry in the second half everything falls apart I've never been Enrique's biggest fan I'll be honest so you know I've often I, I think people have been a little bit misled by how good he is in his distribution I, you know for me I, I look and see how many how many goals have we actually got from, from Enrique's sort of um, service down the left hand side and um, He's too predictable for me, and he wouldn't be my ideal choice. And I, if we can find an option for him, yeah. I, I would personally. I like Enrique. I like Enrique because what I look at, and you're not talking about potential because he's of an age now where you should realise his potential, but you know what he's got. And he's very similar to Glenn Johnson. He has his faults, and, you know, Glenn obviously has improved defensively now, which for me, where he needed to. Going forward, he's always been very good. But you look at Enrique, he's so comfortable on the ball, he's so good that his biggest problem is decision making. And when you're such a good player, comfortable on the ball, when you're playing the left back, you should play one on two touch and play the ball inside whereby he has too many touches because he recognises how comfortable he is. Now, I don't know whether it's too late for a coach to get hold of him, but in terms of what his ability and what he can do in terms of he's big, he's strong, he's quick, he's comfortable, he can play one-twos, he can put crosses in, but for me, his biggest problem is his decision making. And the problem you have when you're so comfortable, Gary Neville didn't have that problem because Gary Neville knows how limited he is, so there's no point in him trying to do things he can't do. The difference is that Enrique can do it, but he's doing it at the wrong time. So, Maybe he's at an age now where it's too late to knock it out of him, but I just still look at the potential he has and everything he has and say, I'm still hopeful. He's so one-footed, Enrique. For me, he's, he's predictable. Um, I think he closes himself down. His angles are not always the brightest. You know, he gets into a corner, and the only option that he has is either to go back or he'll continue to play that with that left foot. He doesn't try to get himself... Sometimes he doesn't get himself out of tight situations as, as good as he could do. Uh, for Certainly uh, for a, you know, a top-quality fullback. And that's why he's never gone into the Spanish national side. He's not comfortable enough uh, with the ball at his feet. A midfield three, obviously important. We've got a lot of options. I mean, Joe Allen is uh, on, his, on his way back. Jordan Henderson, uh, when Glenn Johnson comes back, he'd want to be part of probably centre midfield. I mean, how, how do we fit them all in? Well, obviously, you know... You, 
if we play two defensive midfield players, uh, would you play I mean, two defensive midfield? No, not players. really. No, I, I like the idea of one, and if it's played properly, then it, it, it's fantastic. When you look how Lahm played for Bayern Munich, I mean, he just eases back into those areas so comfortably. Like you know, it, it was effortless. Um, there's no need to play two for me. I mean, one, one. If he, if he knows what he's doing, so we've, had, we've, had Mas- we've had Mascherano in the past who could do it sort of. You know, Lucas back from suspension job. from Newcastle game. Does he go straight back in, or has Henderson, Henderson done enough to play alongside Gerrard? I'm, I'm a Lucas fan, you know, and I, I personally, for me, I, I would have Lucas in. Um, I think you have to obviously realise that he's not going to give you that much going forward, and in a constructive sense. But um, I, I feel safer with Lucas in there personally. How do you feel, John? I mean, well, really in the past, you you often prefer to play with yeah. two. Well, it really depends what you mean by defensive midfield players. Yeah. I think you have to play. I would rather have two holding midfield players, which doesn't necessarily mean you're defensive, because if you have two wing backs um, who are going to really, hopefully, you want them to play like wingers. You've got two strikers, and then you've got Coutinho behind them to then play with another attacking midfield player. If you like to have one holding midfield player on the break, you're going to leave yourself short. So, as much as you talk about Philipp Lahm, Schweinsteiger is a holding midfield player. You know, Lahm may play behind him, but he doesn't, and then he may have Tony Cruz going forward. So, once Coutinho comes back in, maybe then you will could then say we have to have two more definitive holding midfield players. But I think if Coutinho doesn't come back in, and you look at Lucas, Gerard, and, and Henderson or Allen. They really can rotate in terms of Gerrard getting forward, Anderson, um, Henderson getting forward. But I think once Coutinho comes back in, which is really the ideal situation we're looking for, I think with Steven in there, and I'd much prefer having, having Lucas in there with him because he's more defence-minded, I think that he would have to be much more um, disciplined. Very much like, OK, he scored against England, um, sorry, scored last night for England. But I think that if you look at the way he's probably going to have to play for England, he would have to play more of a holding role. So I do like two holding midfield players. And in a 3-5-2, I think it is, I think particularly with the front three, if you like, it is, it is imperative. I think you see with Stevie now, I think it would be good for Stevie to get the World Cup out of the, uh, out of the way. I felt personally that he's looked like a little bit sort of, not stressed, but a little bit Do you think, you think he took tired? on a, a lot of responsibility you know, as the captain, and I don't know, but, but, but sort of the uncertainty. I mean, a lot of people are not convinced by the manager, out there and, and he kind of felt, you know, I've got to give it everything I've got here. Yeah, I, I think so. I think there's a bit of that. Uh, I think, um, you know, over the last month, perhaps, that I think there's been a little bit of a strain. Obviously, there's the nerve, uh, nervousness about it. You know, with him being the captain and and what have you, a big responsibility being captain of England, as has been said in, in years gone by. It isn't just being a captain of, of a team. All the responsibility and one thing or another. I think from Stephen's point of view, to get this out of the way now will be a huge sort of relief, and um, and, and I think he, he might sort of go on to, to stronger things now. But I think also you have to look at at, at the, the stage of Stephen's career now. You know, um, and to use Wayne Rooney as an example, when he came out and he you know he kind of blamed Alex Ferguson for playing him in different positions, which is why his form may have suffered. Um, and I agree with him because I think if you give Wayne Rooney and you say you are a number one striker he will deliver now of course for Manchester United played right back left back he played everywhere and his form did suffer because he was responsible enough to do that now with Steven maybe he feels he has to be the one to maybe play more of a holding role maybe play more for the team maybe look after people rather than looking after myself and that's difficult when you're getting towards the latter stages of your career you really just want to look after yourself so that responsibility of having to to, to be the, the senior the senior figure and not just the Steven Gerrard who can give us everything in, in any way he wants so hopefully now that they've got the World Cup out of the way but still to say even for Liverpool he still has that responsibility he still can't play the way that we want Steve not that we want him to play the way that 
the old Steven Gerrard we expect him to play instead of driving forward going down the line putting crosses in because he has to be more responsible in a Liverpool team who have now a lot of attacking players yeah but I think he still, he still has he still will have that and I think he can pick his moments like, like he picked out last night I mean you still get that from Gerrard I think we have to be realistic I'm not asking Steven to be to Steven Gerrard five years ago um, you know it's just about getting the best out of what he, what he can give you and last night obviously that driving example towards the end is what he can do if he has faith in the people that are behind him um, you know, and, and Lucas, I think for him, for me, gives him that sort of little bit of a, a safety. So uh, Saturday, Newcastle in midfield three. Uh, does Moses get a? Does he stay in, or does Henderson do enough? Obviously, the two I think would prefer Lucas and Gerrard with one more. Would that be Henderson or Moses? I think I think if it was uh, a Manchester United or Arsenal, I'd prefer Henderson. But with it being Newcastle, and we should be taking the game to Newcastle. I think that very much like the way England played last night suited them against Montenegro and Poland I think against Newcastle we can afford to go with Moses I don't think we've seen the best of Moses yet but um, I mean I would like to see him in because I think it's a positive sign I think when when the side you know when the opposition looks at your team sheet and then sees those options in there I think it then puts them on the guard and it, there's a little bit of your best form of defence is, is attack um, Moses has still got a little bit of a, a way to go I, I like Moses I think he's a good sign and I think very useful to have picked him up the way that we did you'll see you'll see the best of Moses in a 4-3-3 mm. yeah, we didn't sign him to play there did we no, that's no. for sure and the first game he played when he played wide you can see what he can do once he ran out of legs coming in field coming in from the wide positions because that position behind the front two is not he gets the ball he wants to dribble too much he's coming too deep whereas that's a position made for a player like Coutinho who yeah. understands that role understands when he gets the ball he's looking to play one touch football two touch football play people in know when to run when to dribble He's a dribbler, Moses, and you can't dribble all the time from those positions, particularly if you have two strikers ahead of you. If he's in there behind one striker, yes, but behind two strikers, him playing in there hasn't really worked. So I like the three-five-two system, uh, or the three, that, which could be a three-four-three, three, but that doesn't necessarily suit Moses. But against Newcastle, I think I, I would play him. It's not the familiarity of picking up the ball in, in areas where you know, uh, you know, you're best suited, and he, and he is better on the half turn rather than having to pick it up with his back to a defence and then he's got to sort of do the you know the, the link play or then, then sort of turn and drive on but so understanding that role Coutinho picks the ball up in there on the half turn that role behind the front man is yeah, supposed to be I mean, on the half turn whereas him it's always easier to face the front when you're playing wide positions if you don't understand playing behind the front man is a role for you to be on the half turn but you can oh, see yeah. Coutinho has been brought up that way oh yeah of course yeah I mean that, that, that is you know one of the elementary points of, uh, of, of getting kids to, to pick, learn football and, and play on the half turn but it isn't for everybody I and mean, I think that Moses yeah. is he's a wide player yeah. and he's more used to sort of having his back towards the uh, touchline yeah. anyway we're almost halfway through don't forget you listen to Five Times Podcast get on our website as well Five Times where you can follow all the build ups of South Africa and of course the tour itself now the most exciting bit is always the last bit isn't it? <laughs> and the most exciting bit of this current Liverpool team is surely the two strikers. David, you're a striker yourself. Give us your thoughts. I love uh, Suarez. I think it's been, been fantastic to see him secured. And, um, yeah, I find it a bit pointless at this point people speculating whether or not he's going to be here after Christmas or, or what have you I mean he's, he's only just bedding in at it now I don't know whether that's devilment or what uh, but clearly there's a fear um, for Liverpool the fact that we have Suarez back very much uh, firing now on, on all cylinders and, um, and hopefully he comes back safe and sound from the uh, from the World Cup this week in, uh, in Uruguay um, yeah, just, to, just to deal with that Uruguay obviously in the playoffs yeah. Yeah. Uh, against Jordan uh, which should go they should be pretty comfortable, shouldn't they? But you think so? Yeah, you would think so. He got himself a goal and assisted, didn't he? But yeah, I mean, he he is 
getting better and stronger all the time. And um, did you ever? I mean, did you ever worry about him coming back in after his suspension and having missed? To me, he just appears to be one of those. He's always ready to play. Yeah. You know, he's, he's never rusty. Doesn't pick up injuries. It, 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 is is that how you see? His physical one? state was never a concern with me. No. He looks a bit heavy all the time to me, anyway. So I don't necessarily think that in terms of the way he looks. But you know, you know, he's one hundred percent fit and he give one hundred percent and he's committed. His well, mental state. His mental state. Anyway, it, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I remember. In fact, when he got heavier, when he played, he got better. I remember when after he lost a bit of weight, he didn't have the same power. Thank you. However, um, his mental state was the one that that I was concerned about. Now, as much as we talk about himself and we talk about Tevez, in that no matter what off-field influences may occur, he gives 100 percent on the field. This is a bit of a different. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Case, we know the, the, what he was going through and what he actually wanted to, to happen and it didn't happen. So how would he perform mentally? And mentally he's come back and he's been spot on so far 100% um, because everything is going well. The one thing I will say, if things all of a sudden don't go well, what would his mentality be then? But let's not worry about that now everything is going well he's fit he's scoring goals and the front two if you want to say um, storage you know what you're getting from him in the front two John I, I mean, well, I, with Coutinho I, mean, I would take the front three if, 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 if we, Moses is the front three if we just talk about Manchester City and Pellegrini was was, was criticised against Bayern Munich for playing a 4-4-2 and they said listen you can't get away with that anymore so what are we looking at are we looking at a front two are we, are we are we playing with a false nine well to be honest with you neither of them for me are classic number nines so therefore there are times when we play with no strikers because if you know Sturridge will go wide he'll drop deep so will Suarez and I suppose that that's, that's working in our favour at the moment because both of them are happy to do that if you look at what Sturridge was saying when he was at Chelsea he wanted to play up front because he was asked to be playing wide now if you look at Sturridge playing for Liverpool you ever see him straight down the middle all the time? No, you don't. He moves around, and I suppose that's where he has learned. Suarez has always done that. So when we talk about a front two, they aren't your orthodox front one, and never mind front two, which I suppose has worked in our favour, because both of them like coming short, going wide. Um, the one thing I would say is that there are times when, if our fluency is not particularly going well, we need the option of there are times you get the ball wide, you get the ball in the box, we need people in the box. And while we're playing well, there still are times when, even if you look at the first three games, we're not creating a lot of chances, we're scoring great goals. But there are times when you just have to need to get people in the box. And neither of them, I would say, are penalty box poachers. Suarez more than Sturridge. But at the moment, our fluency is going really, really well. But I just have a little slight concern when, when our good football isn't being played how are we then going to score by because we don't seem to be getting players forward so they are not a front two in the orthodox sense I think, I think that's you know um, y- you could look at that, that's the way the game's evolving you look at Barcelona look at Bayern Munich uh, are, they, are they playing sort of 
uh, with with a certainly central striker. It is all about fluency. It's about sort of multifunctional players who are sort of able to drive on, happy with the ball in the, in the midfield areas, outside creating things. I think Liverpool down the years have often yeah. had those. If you look at yourself, you know myself with the people I played with, Kenny Keegan. Um, Stevie Howie nobody was ever, ever really a, a back to no. a back to a defensive but you need to get people in the box though but you got to get that's the difference in the box. that's because right yeah, exactly and that's, they, what, and that's where what we don't do yeah that's what we don't and do that, that's, what, that's what good teams do I mean obviously when people looked at Bayern the other week and sorry to keep using them as an example but well, I mean they it's had only they right clearly, isn't it because they're the best team in Europe at the moment yeah exactly and people you know questioned why Muller was in there you know who was you know by, by definition as a midfield player yeah. but I mean they had no problem getting men forward by yeah. Munich and that's the way Liverpool are going to be I think building and I think as I say these types of players who can be flexible yeah. you know we saw that last night with Sturridge you know the way he drops off and stuff like that but still there's a responsibility for people to get into the box yeah. and the more people you get forward you know Don't you think it's, 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 it's pretty evident though that to get the best out of Suarez Liverpool have worked a lot harder than, than what England has Think about out of storage. Yeah, oh, I absolutely. think Liverpool get a lot more from storage than mm. what England do, which obviously indicates that Liverpool have done a lot more work on the training yeah. ground to get uh, to get stories into to, to situations. But I think that it's always been the case in in the difference between league football and, 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 and international football, and I, I suppose I'm probably one of the biggest examples of that in terms of the way I played for Liverpool, which suited me. And the way you played for England. So Liverpool at the moment probably suits Sturridge more than than Darius Vassell is the only one I've ever known who's done better for England than he's done for his club. So generally speaking, if you look at what he does for his club, Sturridge, even in terms of the fluency of the way he plays um, and the integration, it is much better. He's much better for Liverpool than he will be for England. But I think that that's natural for the majority of players. But also the, the, the comfortable the comfortability with, yeah, with, yeah, with, with Suarez now. He's comfortable with Suarez. And then when you're playing with somebody like Suarez. Then you lift your game and you've got to be on your toes, you've got to be thinking more and, and what have you. I mean, the England thing is just evolving for yeah. for, for to be honest with you, I think he's more comfortable with himself. You know, yeah. he's more comfortable with Suarez, but I think he's very comfortable with himself. Because yeah, before, I think before you had to go and try and at Chelsea had to prove yeah. something. And, you know, if Torres is being the main man, I want to be the main man. Whereas at Liverpool now, because he's loved, he's doing well, he's comfortable. So there are times when he plays the ball off first time. He doesn't always have to do something special, which is what I think he was doing when he first came and what he's been doing for the last two years at his previous club. Do you think Suarez's suspension helped storage? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think that he wants to be the number one player, as all, as, as all strikers do. And I think at Chelsea, he felt that he was, you know, marginalised because he pushed out wide and now although Suarez is now back I think that because of what he's actually done he's also proved that he's at that level so he doesn't have to overprove it if you like by trying too hard so I think I think that definitely helped him and the fact that he's not looking over his shoulder thinking that if I don't score this week then I'm not playing next week he's yeah. comfortable in his own shoes now and um, he knows that if he's fit he's in week, week, week in week out and then you know everyone's got their little sort of compartment you know, they're, not, they're not too similar are they? Well, I, as I said, listen, I like a, a striker who gets in the box, you know, and we mentioned Roberto Soldado who is picking up trees for, well, for, for Tottenham yeah, at the moment. Yeah, but he's the only problem with that type of player. Exactly, that type of player, you know, and I always felt Liverpool needed that type of penalty box player. So, at the moment, as I said earlier, everything is going well, so it's fine. It doesn't matter whether they're similar or not, but they could become similar if they're not particularly playing well, and what we need is get the ball in the box and get a poacher. Then, but at the moment, you know, we're not really missing that because we don't need it, but we've got, we know throughout the season, which is why I don't necessarily think we're going to win the league because throughout the season we're going to go through a phase when that's not working our nice fluency of football is not working but we just need someone to get in the box there's a lot of excitement at the moment surrounding Suarez and stories isn't it but in six months time will they still be playing together up front I believe so um, I have no is this partnership to... going to grow and get better 
it, it can get better. We can only the only way it can it will will uh, will go better. Um, I think uh, storage will mature, and uh, I think it, there's, there's still a little bit of uh, you can see that I think in in, in his game. So um, he's going to get stronger. I mean Suarez. I mean w- w- you know what level can he attain? I mean he is he is truly world class. So did you I mean, forget I, how good he was when he was suspended? Me personally, not no. I mean, but I, some I, people I did, that, didn't they? Because I mean, I some people were all of a sudden assuming that Liverpool we might live without yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, Liverpool can live without him because the, the record without Suarez was exceptional, wasn't it? Yeah, well, Seven wins, two draws, well, and one We did live without him. Yeah, but as to whether we would have continued, no, I don't think we would. No. So um, th- that is not an indication. The performances and the results, the fact that we did so well, is not an indication that we don't need him because over a period of time we wouldn't have continued to do that. Over a period of time, with Suarez and Sturridge and our best eleven fit, yes, we can. But even if we're not, we're not good enough. We're, we haven't got enough strength and depth to miss players like Suarez. As to whether they're going to get here in six months, we don't really know. What can I say? I don't know him. I don't no, know the situation. Same with the system. But exactly. do you think we'll play three, five, two in six months? But that is why. Well, that is why. And I did a piece today, and that is why I think what we have to do is, and I think Brendan is trying to do that. He's trying to create an identity to say, regardless of whether they've got Suarez or Sturridge or whoever, this is how we're going to play. Yeah, but the identity is in the way that we play. Is absolutely not, not the system, That's is what it? I'm saying. No, not the, not not, the, not exactly. The si- I'm not talking about the formation. Yeah, yeah. The four, four, three, five, two, four, three, four, three is a formation. I'm talking about a system. So Spain's system, regardless of whether they play three at the yeah, back, yeah. four at the back, five at the back, is exactly the same. You don't, know, anyway, you don't yeah. know. So and that's what I think Brendan Rodgers is trying to do. That's what Liverpool are trying to create. That is what England should create. And I think when we get to that stage, yes, we'd like to keep Sturridge, Suarez, Gerard, everybody. But then if we can create this identity in terms of our, our method, our template, then... It doesn't matter what players we have, we can be competitive. And I, I think that's what Brendan Rodgers is trying to do. Yeah, and I think people are seeing that now. I think um, that, that was crucial that Liverpool did have a, um, an ethos again because we, we, we've lost our, we'd lost our sort of identity. Um, and now, f- for the most part, you do understand how Liverpool are going to play. Crucial, though, for Liverpool, uh, perhaps, that uh, Coutinho and Johnson are in. I think they're two big, huge players. And, um, and obviously... Well, you think of, of, of Aga, Johnson mm, and Coutinho yeah. not being part of the last few weeks. Yeah. I mean, that would hurt most teams surely wouldn't yeah, it yeah very much so and I, and I think that's where we've got to uh, look to improve I mean our, our options I mean do you know there, were, there was a, a stage uh, some, a little while ago people were saying well our bench all of a sudden looks stronger but you know in, in the last but couple of weeks really, it doesn't does it no it doesn't because you've got no Coutinho no yeah. Johnson no well Aga's been there but really the bench doesn't look strong we've had a so, goalkeeper and four so defenders on the bench we've been so very we still have problems don't we yeah, yeah. we do yeah and we're, we very, we're very fortunate to be where we are I mean we, we've rode our luck a little bit so it's great that Suarez is in and hopefully he, he stays you know it's, it's, it's crucial for me that he, he maintains a, a clean bill of health but, uh, but also the, the, the squad needs uh, more depth yeah because as you say you talk about those three players are out so you say they to come back in everything is looking good the bench may not be that strong but with them yes it does look stronger however not just injuries we're talking about loss of form now I think that Tottenham for example can have a loss of form of players and bring players into whereas if we some of our players lose form do we have anybody to come back in to maintain that form Coutinho is one yes you know, and Johnson's very important, and Aga, but we're talking about a right wing back and a centre back. Um, if we need to win matches, they're not going to win any matches. So, whereas I think other teams have better um, underneath coming through, better match winners, if you like. Um, so, if we can keep our best 11, best 13 players fit and playing consistently well, we've got a chance of being in the top four. But that is highly unlikely. And once again, the end to answer your question about six months' time, we don't know when the Suarez is going to be here. Come January, the question marks are going to be asked. Very much like, is England going to win the World Cup? We don't care. We don't know because that's down the line. What we know is now we've got him. Things are going well now, and that's all I'm worried about. Well, just I mean, we we, don't, we, we make no excuses for, for for spend a lot of time talking about stories and and, 
and Suarez. But to get in the top four, and we don't want to build anyone's uh, hopes up, but I think that's our aim, isn't it? To get into the top four. What do Suarez and, 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 and Sturridge have to do in terms of goals? Because we don't have a lot of goal scorers, do we? There is not a lot of goal scorers in that Liverpool team. So how many between the two of them do they have to score for Liverpool to get in the top four? Well, you mean, I think you take some of the owners from them. and um, Yeah, but yeah. who's going to do that? Maybe? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, Stevie yet has to hit the, uh, you know, hit sort of the, uh, the goal scoring uh, chart on a more regular basis. Um, and I think, you know, that, that, that year that we were successful... Uh, when we finished second under Rafa Benitez, we had um, uh, Cout, Tor- uh, Torres, and Gerard all in sort of you know Double 15, figures. 20. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean that's what you need. You need three players who are going to weigh in with with 60 goals, um, or you know three to four. Um, but realistically, if you look at the way we play, it's okay saying players have to score goals, and you talk about you know coming from different. But it's not just the way Liverpool plays; it's the way football. The way f- well. Well, if you're just talking about specifically, absolutely. But if I'm talking about Liverpool specifically, we know no matter how well we play in two thirds of the field, when we get the ball in that final third, either Surge is going to be played three players on score, or Suarez is going to be three players on score, or they're going to play a one-to-one score. They're the only two who are going to score because of the way we play. Yeah. Now, the way we play in terms of a method isn't in the final third. It's from the back into the opposition's half to the edge of the box now other teams who are much more of a passing team as much as we're a passing team we're not a passing team when we get outside the opposition's box Suarez dribbles around three Sturridge dribbles around three so therefore I, I liken it to when Colin Moore and Fowler played when Colin Moore and Fowler played for us up front they were the ones who were going to score and they said we need more goals from midfield but because of the way those two played no one else was going to score so if we're hoping that they're going to score 20 goals each or 25 goals each and then Steve's going to score 15 and Henderson's going to chip in with 10 that isn't going to happen because with those and especially if you're looking at Victor Moses and Coutinho as well they really are going to be the main not so much Coutinho those two are the ones who are going to score all the goals to take us into the top four so, so Suarez and Torres can they get 35 plus Premier League goals between them? between them? between them absolutely yeah, well, well, they can. But what, we, what we've also been saying before is that you know, with the nature of the, our play and these sort of um, asking more players to get into the box, we will hope that the people are going to sort of weigh in with goals. Moses, we've yet to see sort of catch fire a little bit, you know. And if Gerard, so they start coming in with eights, tens, or whatever, then you know, that, that's what we're going to be asking, you know. And you know, successful teams in the past for me have always got goals from all around the team. Um, uh, certainly it was a fact of, of Liverpool's uh, successful teams down the years so I mean I think we're going to get you know, that's title winning teams you're talking about that's title yeah. winning teams but Liverpool aren't, aren't a title winning team at the moment and of course for us to move forward that's what we'll need but just for the very nature of the way they play you see Suarez on the byline looking to dribble on the byline and score now if you look at the way other teams play they look to to create chances for everybody whereas we play to create chances for Suarez and Torres so yes they're going to chip in corners and Steve Jarrett will drive forward so yes they can chip in with f- six and seven goals but in terms of having a, an, another player scoring 12 or 15 goals I don't think that's going to happen and it doesn't have to happen for us to finish in the top four you know John interesting. I, I just want to ask you this question uh, the John Barnes of 1987 this Liverpool team now 3-5-2 where, where would you be playing? Well, I wouldn't be, yeah, because I'm trying to. I don't think I'd be in it <laughs> because a three-five-two. But a three-five-two. Um, if you look at the way that this 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 three-five-two is being played, if you look at a classic three-five-two. You would really talk about two out-and-out strikers, but we're not with those two because 
I never saw myself as a, I remember one year I scored 25 goals in the top but I, I never thought myself as a, as a centre forward a striker, I played as, a, as a striker but yeah. I wasn't a, a classic number 9 if you like what I'm saying is I played one of the two up front but very much like Peter Beardsley you wouldn't say he's a striker so if you look at the way a classic 3-5-2 with two out and out strikers that wouldn't suit me but the way that Liverpool play with Suarez and Sturridge because how often does Suarez get wide Sturridge gets wide I'll play wide I play down the middle so I think that one of those two positions um, would suit me and I think that from um, Coutinho's position behind the front two Peter Beardsley would have been ideal for that there's a lot of uh, there's lots of positives at the moment I think we all agree on that is this a positive no other games apart from Premier League games between now and the start of January no European games no Capital One FA Cup doesn't start until 2014 is that a positive well I think you know in the past we've, we've had a little bit of a well we certain managers have used excuses and, and said the, the squad's not strong enough we've got the Europa League and, and what have you in the way there are no excuses now and there's no reason why Liverpool don't feel their best side week in week there's out there's no need to rotate the rest is it yeah. no, no, the, best, the best men who are fit should, will, will play um, and we can have no excuses at all and so for me I think that goes a long way to, to that, that push towards Christmas time. And I think you're in the same position at Christmas time. I think people will be getting a little bit excited and saying, you know, can we go the can we go the whole can we go the whole hog? There's no reason that that you can't. I think it's a most open league. I mean, nobody has, has set the place on fire yet. Um, I think there are. Uh, shortcomings in, in in everybody. Certainly, no no side has, to me has, has really impressed and said that they can stick with that, have that same consistency from now to the, to, to the end. And consistency is, is the key. And, and, and what also works in our favour is that there are still Champions League games and Europa League games for our rivals. And, and they aren't pulling up trees at the moment. Look at Manchester City in the Champions League. Manchester United have got their problems. Arsenal, they'll be playing Tottenham. So Chelsea. So that will that that also will help us. So no excuses from us. But forget about the excuses in terms of from a physical point of view and a mental point of view. We can be solely focused between now and January in maintaining our position up there to really then say we've gone another three months. Can we have a final push to finish in the top four? But can it can it can it give you a problem as a manager of of, of keeping your squad fit, the players you don't play? Do you keep the squad happy if you play the same eleven every week? I mean, could it give Brendan a problem? The good thing about about the, the and, and we've seen it in the past where you, you know you talk about keeping players happy. That's when you have a, 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 a huge squad like Manchester City or Chelsea, superstar players who may demand to play. Now, apart from the centre back positions, I don't think that anybody else can be quite too unhappy if they're not playing because I think our team, our best team, virtually picks itself. So I don't think, from the harmony point of view, that there will be any upset because, as I said, maybe Daniel Agger may not. But you know, at, at Manchester City and and, our, and Chelsea and teams like this, you've got lots of superstar players who who deserve to be playing. So I don't think that will cause too much of a problem for Brendan. Okay, uh, we've kind of dealt with the with with the Newcastle game and the hopes for the season. January's coming up fast, and I, and I know people say already, but. Is it a big transfer window generally for Liverpool or does that depend on where we are in the Premier League? Well, we were fortunate last year because we picked up Sturridge and Coutinho and, uh, and they worked for us. They hit the ground running. Uh, I think that, that's very fortunate if you, can, if you can pick up players midway through the, the, the season and, uh, and they do improve you, then obviously you know, it, it's, a major, it's a major plus. Uh, if you can do it all time, every year, at the moment... You know, new players will emerge, or certainly new targets w- will emerge. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's going to be an absolute major time for us. Uh, January. I think we, there might be one or two additions, but um, I don't like. I don't like. I don't like Januarys. I hate Januarys. And as much as the two players you mentioned, they've done really well. 
Um, they, they were, they were very, yeah. and, and, and it was potential. When Coutinho came, we said, why spend this much money on him? Now, hindsight's a great thing. Everyone's saying, oh, we did really well. How many people are saying, what, we're spending that much money on this boy no one's ever heard of? So it's fine to then say we've got a million storage when coming. So that actually worked. For that to happen again, what we want to do is we want to know, and what Liverpool need to do is Liverpool need to buy players in who aren't, not to say that they were gambles, but who aren't potential. They've got to get signings to come in to say you're going into the team to be a main player. And January is not the time for that because teams, the players you want are a Champions League, Champions League clubs, presumably, and will still be in the Champions League unless a situation arises whereby you have some superstar players, some really, really good players who are then out of the Champions League. And then maybe, you know, because Liverpool is a great, a great proposition. But generally speaking, I don't like... Um, because you don't have to integrate them into your squad. Or how are they going to hit the ground running in terms of the performances? I'm not, I'm not a big fan. And, and, and it's, you're in the hands of the laps of the God. If, well, to see whether they're going to they're perform. So January is not a time for me to be signing players. Well, if we talk about not signing any players then, could we be left in a position where we have to fend off some big bits from some of our players? I, 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 wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't like to think so. I, I would hope that all this talk about Suarez is, is pure supposition and there'd be no quotes whatsoever attributed to any party. I think, as I say before, I think it's, it's divilman rather than anything else. Uh, I, I think Suarez will still be here come next uh, the end of the season certainly um, so I don't think we're going to lose anybody they may be one of the defenders might sort of get a little bit unhappy and then you could see maybe uh, you know Skirtle's going to be in, I think there's going to be speculation about Martin Skirtle I think certainly till um, till, till the new year and then if the time you know if, if it's if the sort of uh, rumours are uh, right maybe it's Russia or or, or Italy certainly the, the, the Russian league starts again doesn't it in the spring so they, they will look to sort of one of the teams in Russia will, will come looking at I think at some um, unhappy players maybe but we, we, we shouldn't be looking to, to, to get rid of anybody we need to add I don't think that we will um, I mean Suarez is the only one that is a possibility you know and anybody else if Martin Skrtel goes and we still got Agra and, and Sacco and, and, and Loris and these players, that's not that important. So I don't think that, I don't think, and, and, and as far as Sturridge and Coutinho goes, they're not going to come in. And I so think you don't think there will be any bits in January that, that will that will hurt or harm us. Suarez is the only one, you know. So if, you know when you talk about bids um, for all the other players, no, and, and nothing that that's going to be that important. Players may leave, as you say, bid part players or even Skrtel who may be a main player, but that's not that important. I don't think because of our defensive situation. So Suarez is the only one, and um, and I'm sure that. There will be speculation coming up to it between now and then, and very likely there will be a bid. And as to whether he's going to stay or not, as much as he's not saying anything, um, he never said anything until he said something. <laughs> then what did he say? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't know. Maybe one day we will be told. Anyway, just a little bit of a football league roundup. John, we, we both know David Weir sacked at Sheffield United. Martin Allen at Gillingham. It's a, it's a tough old industry, isn't it? What what's the date? October uh, the yeah. I think October. I lasted the eleventh at Tranmere, so I think they probably did. Probably yeah, I don't know whether they should have known that this is not a good week. This is a good week to win. John, John what is it? What is it that makes What's it almost about, impossible? Listen, when you talk about the expectancy at the very highest level, which is that, but and people think it's just the very highest level. You could go all the way down, and you mentioned two people there. Not so much David Ware because Sheffield United, but a Gillingham who got promoted and all of a sudden he's sacked. Is the expectancy that people have that you should be doing better than you are? You know, they're not realistic in terms of how well you've done, in terms of the squad you have, in terms of what you're trying to do. Things may take time. We talk about Liverpool and we've hit the ground running because everything's worked. But there are times when it may not work straight away. It has to be given time. And the more you just keep changing situations, we, that's why I'm glad about Brendan Rodgers and Brendan feeling very comfortable to even bring in these young players, knowing that if you don't win, you're still going to stick with him. And Liverpool are a very good club like that anyway. But the majority of clubs, unfortunately, and I understand why managers then just always want to find 
the finished article by foreign players because they can't give these kids time to develop because they're not they're going to get a sack if they don't win straight away so you know it's, it's, it's not a game to go into to be honest with you football management what at any level John well, I mean Martin do you Allen at Gillingham. See, do you Martin still, Allen at Gillingham, and do you, you look do, at what's happening. Do you still see a manager in John Barnes? Is there still something in there, Bernard? Well, under, in, under the right circumstances, but those right circumstances aren't going to come. You know, so from a from a from a utopian point of view, um, in terms of you want to go where people are going to give you a chance, the players are going to listen to you, the fans will respect you, the chairman is going to you know have faith in you. That's really not happening anywhere. You know, you look at what David Moyes is going through now with the fans. Um, so this is the feature of modern football. So as much as from an idealistic point of view. We all say if we could go to the right club to be given an opportunity, but realistically, is that going to happen for anybody? David, you never tried it, did you? No, not. Um, Would you have liked no. to? I had one or two opportunities. Um, came along a little bit too early for me. Um, I didn't feel that was the right sort of. I didn't have the right experience at, at that point, and um, was I sort of. Um, the, the, where the clubs the uh, the ideal the ideal options so um, and no I didn't and it, and it frustrated me in some ways but still, uh, does it still but, frustrate you um, not really I've moved on a little bit yeah, did you ever look back them. and think fifteen years ago I, I think might have been able to help one or two clubs I don't know well I, I was um, I was approached by uh, Exeter a long way back and um, that's a long was, way a long way to go as well <laughs> so uh, and Akron's and Stanley uh, had, a, had an approach from uh, quite some time ago so I mean you look be at the be cl- careful you look David at the clubs, when it's you about an approach by Akron and Stanley people could misconstrue that in a different way but you know you, th- you, you think really uh, are they, is that what you, what you want to do and, and was I the per- personality at that time I certainly wasn't so it doesn't frustrate me I, you, you, you move on I think we could all say that we'd, we'd um, change things if, we, uh, if we'd add the option nobody has the perfect sort of career but um, I think in terms of the management thing looking at um, what's happened to Weir and Alan over the last few days I think uh, what, what appears to me is you, I think it's your relationship with the chairman that is, that is crucial and I think if you get the chairman sort of with you and, and sort of convinced about the way you're going forward it gives you a, a bit of an option you, you two both, both know but uh, you know, reading about them two I, I think it's um, the relationship worst thing in the fragile. world when the chairman says he's got full faith in you <laughs> and your position is safe. Yeah. <laughs> Pack it, your bags. But it's it, time to worry, John. It's time to worry. <laughs> but it, it, it's knowing them, and um, and I think uh, the, the guy at Gillingham, uh, Scally, I think, has, uh, has had a you know, he, you know, his reputation sort of goes before him, and uh, what have you. So Martin Allen, even though he was manager of the year in the division, I mean, uh, got him promoted. Yeah, got him promoted. I mean, he, he should have been safe. You would have thought. So personality clash there. What we like to do is for the for the listeners who are still here at the end, uh, and we like to put our pundits under a little bit of pressure. So, but you can change your mind every week. That is allowed. Uh, this week, David, the three are going down from the Premier League. Oh, three going down from the Premier League will be. Um, I think Palace will survive. Um, you think Palace will survive? I have a funny feeling about. Uh, I, I think Palace might just uh, might just have a. Just to get away with it somehow, but um, you're stolen, John. You're stolen. I've got, I'm, I'm stolen. I'm trying to think you were in the division actually. To be honest with you, you go through them. Yeah, you think Man United will stay up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping Man United goes. Sunderland. Uh, Sunderland's going to be uh, some. They're going to be in there, but they'll, they'll survive, I think. So who's going down the three then? Uh, City must be. Everyone's going to survive, yeah. as you say. No, no, not really. Uh, who are we looking at? Norwich. Uh, um, Fulham. No, it's just struggling. 
you know, there, there's some changes to there's some changes due, aren't there? I mean, one or two managers will um, will change. I think both those two, Norwich and Fulham, start off with one. You've got three, it? yeah. You're not named one yet. That is five minutes. So just name one, then you can go on and thinking about the other two. Should I go first? Yeah, yes, go let's go with you, John. First. I will go with Crystal Palace, yeah. Sunderland, and Hull. Bit of food for thought there, David. Hull. Hull will go. Um, I, I, I think Palace are only just going to be just just about going to make it. I, I think. I think th- 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 there could be a surprise in there. You know whether or not it's Norwich or Fulham. I mean whether or not they could drop us. Um, uh, Everything are going to be all right. I think Everton not going to be uh, not going to have any, uh, any any major problems there at all. But uh, who would you go with, Jan? Uh, well, if if any of our listeners can work out who David thinks will go down, uh, please <laughs> please write. Be us. a be- you're better man than I am. <laughs> anyway, I, I tend to agree with John. Uh, I think Palace will go. I think Sunderland will go. But I think Norris might go. Uh, they've spent a lot of money. I don't think they've bought particularly well. No, Van Wolfswinkel. I think I, I, I queried that one. I have to say, at times I saw him playing for. Uh, Are you picking that? We're still talking, but you haven't said anyone. Yet. <laughs> okay, no, so well, then, let's say. Uh, okay, well, let's say Palace are going to be there or there as if they if they make it. They're only only just, but I mean. Palace Hall. Who's going to make it? Who's going to go down? Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very, it's very early. I don't think there's any uh, Hull would. You don't be think anyone will go down? No, <laughs> no, no. Well, well, the same teams in next uh, this time next year. Well, I can't blame you. Anyway, we're coming towards the end. We want to thank John. We want to thank David for being here. We want to thank the listeners for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, and don't forget also John Barnes is blogging on diggerbarnes.co. It's well worth a uh, listen and a read. So uh, thanks for listening. Whatever you think, the World Cup 2014. Denmark will be sorely missed. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market